Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions on this weekend. We're hoping you're having a great, great weekend, worshiping the Lord, sharing with others, having time for family. And all the time, you're on mission for God. Remember that. You're not, you never take a day off on being mission for God. Nathan Harper is our co-host. And Nathan, you know, when this program started, we didn't know exactly who all we'd get to interview, but we have interviewed so many interesting people that are missionaries uh, in difficult places and even undisclosed. We couldn't tell them where they were from to those that are just real close by next door and making a difference. And that's that's what missions is, and, and that's what our introduction says, you know, uh, around the world and across the street. So we're to make a difference wherever we are, aren't we? Yeah, that's absolutely right. You know, uh, missionaries are uh, first and for- foremost uh, children of God. They're part of the body of Christ, and uh, wherever they are on the globe, you know, they're living out that calling of, uh, you know, being uh, the salt and the light, being witnesses. Uh, being uh, proclaimers of the gospel. And so that looks, um, you know, different in a lot of different ways, in a lot of different places. Uh, but, you know, the the overall goal is the same of glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ in, in everything that is done. You know, um, to, to have some, you know, positions in church or organizations, you got to have certain skills. But honestly, to be a prayer warrior or a mission-minded uh, follower of Christ, you just got to do it and be faithful. That's that's the yeah. whole idea. And sure, you may not do what somebody else does, but like you said, it comes in many, many ways. Well, we have someone with us today, Nathan, that's been with us before. Uh, they work here at American Family Association. That's our mother company, as some people would say, our mother ministry, AFR. And there's a ministry, and it's the oldest one AFA has, and that's the AFA Journal. Uh, it's been around for many, many years, and 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 our guest today is a writer for them, and she also does some editing, and I, you know, I appreciate that. She's edited some of my stuff, and it it takes a lot to do that when I write. But it's Ann Reed. Ann, welcome to Exploring Missions. Thank you so much, Brother Bird. Love to be a part of your program, as always. Well, Nathan Ann, again, she's uh, been here, and she's never come back for the same reason. It's always a different (laughs) reason, so we're not trying to uh, bombard people with one area of ministry. She's just involved in many. That's pretty (laughs) neat, isn't it? Yes. would you call that a, uh, a well-rounded uh, person, maybe? <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and what it does, it shows you that God does change ministry sometimes, and you focus and you move on, but you never stop ministry. Amen. But today we're talking about Transformation Garden, and uh, this is a part of a movement uh, across America 
that is taking this ministry that will help young women. Now, I want Ann to tell us a little bit about what Transformation Garden is about. Would you do that, Ann? And then we'll start from there. Yes, happy to. So Transformation Garden is a ministry of Anchor Church, which is the church that I attend uh, here near Tupelo, Mississippi. Uh, So it is a ministry to women who have experienced sexual exploitation and trafficking. So we are in the the process of, of building the actual physical facility and uh, doing a lot of work behind the scenes in uh, planning and, and getting things in place in order that uh, we can equip uh, the volunteers and, and staff who will be coming. I'm serving on the board and the planning team. So we're doing a lot of work behind the scenes, uh, getting ready uh, as the, the physical structure is going up. Now, Nathan, the first question I have, why in Tupelo, Mississippi? Uh, why in northeast Mississippi, right in the middle of the Bible Belt, a protected area, and yet sex trafficking involved? Uh, I, I'm going to ask Ann, is it really needed here? Well, it's needed everywhere. Uh, and part of the, the misconception about that term sex trafficking, which is understandable because when we talk about drug trafficking, we're talking about drugs being taken across state lines and national borders. And so we kind of think we, we take that definition and we apply it to sex trafficking uh, when it's not necessarily, that's not necessarily a part of it. Uh, what we see a lot of is... Um, Children, it usually happens um, when um, individuals are still minors. It usually begins when they're still minors. And uh, as adults, uh, many times they're trafficked by family members. Uh, Often it's boyfriends. We've seen a lot of situations um, with um, mothers who are drug addicted. And so they're uh, selling their daughter uh, in order to get the money that they think they need uh, to continue with their drug use. Um, So it's basically um, taking, it includes coercion. Uh, Many times um, what we're seeing a lot of, and I say we're seeing, uh, this is all based on on research at this point, but uh, we're seeing a lot of um, this activity beginning through online communications. Um, Girls who are vulnerable um, are often, they often come out of homes where they do not have a strong father figure in the home, and that makes them really vulnerable to to, to traffickers, and and they will often um, approach them through social media sites, and they think that they are in a relationship with someone. Um, And then, so they manipulate them and end up trafficking them. Nathan, when you hear this, uh, it makes every parent of girls especially, but boys and Mm -hmm. girls, uh, it it makes, you're a father of three children, Mm -hmm. makes you want to be a strong father when you hear those Mm -hmm. statements, doesn't it? Make you want to do, I mean, follow the Lord and be, have that strong relationship with your children. And we're saying that because we want all of the folks who are listening to us to Work on those relationships with your with your spouse and your children. Make it strong, don't we, Nathan? Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely true. Um, at the same time, you know, I think we all understand that something like this, um, as diligent as we can be, could, in theory, and probably does happen to, you know, really could happen to anyone, mm-hmm. um, especially when you're talking about minors. 
um, who, you know, are not emotionally, um, maybe, uh, I guess a lack of better term, able to, uh, you know, think as an adult, um, and, and think critically, uh, and with the proliferation of, uh, social media, um, you know, I mean, we could see how that could happen, I mm-hmm. guess is what I'm trying to say. And, um, I have seen how it has happened, uh, very easily, you know? And so, um, I guess, and my question for you is, um, what is, in your opinion, what is the best way to prevent something like this happen? Like as a father, what are some of the things that, um, myself or other fathers, other parents can do to prevent, uh, their children from being, uh, susceptible to this sort of, uh, this, this attack? Well, you know, I could jump into um, the the watchfulness that we as parents always need to uh, incorporate into our relationship with our our children, of course. Uh, But going along with what Brother Bert just said, uh, I think one of the strongest things that that fathers can do is to maintain those relationships. And I think for uh, fathers, uh, sometimes it's difficult when your daughters um, move into those teen years. Um, Just, I'm just basing this on some of my own experiences and, and, and conversations with um, with other fathers. Sometimes there's just kind of an awkwardness once um, your daughter, um, I'm not speaking to you specifically, but right, yeah. um, when, when a, um, a, a man's daughter moves into those teen years and reaches puberty and it's awkward and you don't know what to do with it, and um, sometimes it feels like uh, the daughter may really pull away at that time, but it's the mm-hmm. time that she needs that... Um, that closeness with her father and that um, just reassurance that that he loves her and he treasures her um, through those teen years. I think that's a, a really key thing for a father to to just continue working on through those teen years. Josh McDowell, great, great man of God, uh, known mostly for apologetics, you mm-hmm. know, but he's also good in parenting, too. Mm-hmm. He made this statement. Rules without relationship leads to rebellion. Mm-hmm. So it's more, uh, it's not just rules, and I've told you what, you've got to work on that relationship. Any relationship has to be worked on. Our relationship with the Lord, uh, it doesn't need to grow stagnant. We need to work on it day by day. Right. Uh, even some of us, moment by moment. <laughs> that speaks Bert Harper. One of the... I don't know if it's the theme or what, but this really got my attention. Uh, Transformation Garden is a place providing help, hope, healing to women rescued from sex trafficking. Let's talk about those three words, if you could, Ann, help. Um, Will those that are already opened and doing it, because you have visited them, I know, Mm -hmm. and what what, uh, uh, Transformation Garden is it the girls that come for help, or is it usually somebody helping them get out and they come to these places, or is it a combination of all that? The help, do the, how do they know there's something out there to help them? It comes through a variety of different ways, and I think one of the, the more common ways that it happens is through uh, law enforcement, honestly. Um, and one of the things that um, we have written into our paperwork uh, that we uh, will make it very clear to uh, our residents when they come in is it's really important in this type of an environment for for these ladies to realize that they are in charge of their healing. Of course, we 
know who the helper is. Right. Um, but because they've been in this setting where they have not had control of their lives, someone else has been controlling every facet of their life and their existence. So it's very important to relate to them that, that we're helping you. Um, you're here. You're, you are a participant. You are the leader in, in receiving the healing, uh, and we're here to help you. Um, so that's how help would come in. And, of course, we're, we're getting our help from the helper, <laughs> from the comforter, in order to even be able to come alongside them and, and provide the help that they need. Nathan, the other part is hope, you know. Um, honestly, in 2020 and 2021, uh, with 2021 just starting, hope has been one of those things that's been a little bit diminished by people. They, they seem hopeless. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you imagine someone caught in a bondage? Uh, they call it modern-day slavery. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. that, I mean, that's a hopeless position, isn't it, Nathan? Yeah, um, you know, it's they might not be a, even able to express even you know, those those terms or their feelings about it. Um, unfortunately, for me, for some who are, you know are exploited and um, grow up in a just a um, such a toxic um, you know life that's uh, surrounding them, um, they just think of it as their daily life mm-hmm. and maybe they're miserable and maybe, maybe they're, you know, the, there has to be some hope there in order to even want to be helped and right. to seek help. Um, it might just be a glimmer of it. And that's, and that's, that's so important for, uh, you know, for the body of Christ, for the, for us believers to, um, live life, live lives of hopefulness, um, in every area of our lives. Um, because we don't know who's around us watching and we might be offering hope to someone who's totally hopeless. And that glimmer of hope that we offer could be what it takes for them to, to get the help that they need. Amen. 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 And the facility that is being built at Transformation Garden, by the way, our guest is Ann Reed. Uh, she's on the board of the Transformation Garden outside of here in Tupelo, Mississippi. Let me say there's only 132 of these facilities available all over the United States. We have a severe shortage. We have some states that do not even have one facility and a number uh, of states that, that only have one. Um, so it is it is a huge, huge need. Only about 6% of, of known survivors have a place to go uh, so to get this churches, type of help. Churches can get involved and, and be a partner. Anchor Church started it, but other churches have joined in and said, hey, we want to be a part of this. Y'all call on them. You guys call them partners don't you? Right. I mean, that that to me is just one of the most beautiful things is if you stand back, if we stand back in our community, and, and this is not a huge community, our population here in Tupelo, Mississippi, I believe it's about 35,000. Um, but the Lord has gone before us. Um, you know, the word says that, that he gives us the desires of our hearts. So he has given us this desire. And when he gives us a desire, he will equip us to be able to, to do what he wants us to do with the desire. Um, but but if you just stand back um, today, 
day, for instance, uh, I went to a local restaurant and uh, deli uh, and started talking to the lady who was serving me and um, was telling her about an event that we are having, a networking event specifically for this ministry in uh, next month. And she started telling me that they work with law enforcement, this restaurant does, and they give them coupons or cards for a free meal. And so law enforcement gives those cards out to women, individuals they think may be in that position. They may be in a trafficking situation. So when a woman, or could be a man too, uh, would come into the restaurant and give them that particular card, then they know this is someone who is likely being trafficked. And so that's just the beauty of it is you see that all over our community, God is working in the hearts of individuals um, who are in leadership at churches. Uh, it may not even start with leadership. It may be uh, someone in the church who has a heart for this, and, and they may go speak to their missions pastor or their pastor. Um, and just to see the way that God is moving in our community. Um, for instance, you know, you mentioned churches. We have a number of different types of partnerships, not just with churches, but so far we have three large churches uh, that have come alongside us and uh, have included us in their um, their missions program and um, have uh, don't only, for instance, we met with one of the missions teams at one of our local churches and, you know, one of the, the points that they stressed is we don't want to just hand over money. That's not what we want to do. We want to be a part of this. We want to know how our people can volunteer, uh, what we can do. Uh, this particular church has already moved forward with with training um, one of their uh, women to um, so that she will be able to volunteer and train and train uh, women or our residents on um, financial management. So it's just beautiful to see that if if we kind of step back and we can just watch what God is doing in our midst. And and Nathan, what's neat about this, the volunteers, by the way, you can go to the the website, uh, transformationgarden.net. Uh, Got to get one of net org or com. <laughs> it's net. And sometimes if I don't write it down, I can't remember. Uh, and they've got a wonderful website. You can follow it. It is helpful. Uh, it, it explains what they're doing. And matter of fact, you can see Ann uh, involved <laughs> in it and, uh, you know, one of the leaders there involving. Partnership in ministry, that starts straight out of the Bible. I mean, uh, let me see when the Apostle Paul, who is called Saul, when he started on his first missionary journey, he had a church sending him and a partner going with him, didn't he, Nathan? He did, and every uh, church he planted uh, subsequently became uh, a potential partner for uh, for the gospel ministry that Paul was a part of, and and that ministry would multiply um, as the partnerships would grow, and and that's really what what we're talking about here. We're uh, Anne's able, you're able to tell us a little bit on the front end of what. Um, you know this ministry kind of on the on the ground level uh being birthed if if you will kind of looks like um but you know imagine 5 10 15 more years down the road what this uh can multiply into and that's the the beauty of it and that's the need for uh new partners to always be joining in into the work that's going on that's one of the reasons I wanted Ann to do this so that someone's listening 
and they're looking around, and their state is one of those states that has none or one or two, and they say, well, we're, we're kind of rural. Well, look, get on your map and look at Tupelo, Mississippi. Yes, we're halfway between Birmingham and, <clears throat> and Memphis, Tennessee, and, and we know that, but it's a rural area. But it's gonna ha- this, this facility is going to house 20 women that their lives are going to be transformed, and we're just so excited about that. And one of the partners that you have is Eight Days of Hope. Yes. Now, this is what's so exciting. Eight <laughs> Days of Hope rose out of AFA Don Wildman mm. uh, given the financial need to start Eight Days of Hope for Hurricane Katrina relief, mm-hmm. you know? And it sprung this ministry now that is nationwide and got headquarters in three different places. Uh, so Eight Days of Hope is part of your is one of your partners, isn't it? Nan? Yes, and I just want to give Eight Days of Hope a plug. That I, I look at that that ministry and what God is doing through that ministry, and um, just the way. Um, here's what I say about Steve Tiber: He is <laughs> going to be highly accountable before God because he has given a wealth of gifts. Uh, and I just look at Steve, and and I think there is so much to learn from from his leadership. Um, so we are thrilled. Uh, to to be partnering with them. And as a matter of fact, um, we have some uh, different types of, of sponsorships. And one of our sponsorships is named after Ho- after Eight Days of Hope. It's our sp- uh, Hope Sponsorship. And so it pays for eight days of full care for a resident. <laughs> okay. Uh, so they are, um, I guess about a year ago, they started a new um, branch of their ministry. And so they are building safe homes uh, such as ours uh, all across the United States. Uh, so they're bringing in a team of skilled construction workers and uh, our building is framed up and they will soon be coming in and they will be um, spending, I I think they have about 50 volunteers who are scheduled to come and um, spend two weeks and just completely finish the building. What a blessing. Now, let's go back, Nathan. This is interesting. One of the times, it may not have been the last time, but the next to the last time that Ann was with us, she had been on a mission trip. And uh, but she was said, I can't tell everything that we're involved in because we're involved in building a house through eight days of hope Mm -hmm. concerning a home to help those that are rescued from sex traffic. And do you remember that? And you said, no, Brother Bert, you can't ask me about that. (laughs) So a year later, close to a year later, here you are telling us about that. And what a good you're talking about sponsorship. So you have eight days. But Mm -hmm. another one is the 3510. And that brings up to Psalm 35, verse 10. And this is kind of the verse that that you're claiming, and you have to listen to the very last of it to to get the thirst of it. I want to read that, and then I want you to talk about the sponsorship. Absolutely. This is, again, Psalm 35, verse 10 says, All my bones shall say, Lord, who is like you, delivering the poor from him who is too strong for him. Yes, the poor and the needy from him who plunders him. Now, if you read that in NIV or ESV, you'll get a little bit more modern, but Mm -hmm. it's talking about delivering a weaker one from Mm -hmm. the stronger one who's taking advantage of them. Mm -hmm. That's the thrust of it. Yes. And so that's Psalm 3510. So one of your sponsorships is 3510. Tell us about that. 
Yeah, so it's named after that that scripture, 3510, and it also is $35.10. Oh, how unique. (laughs) So that actually pays for one day of care uh, for one of our residents. Um, So... um, that is available there on our website on our donation page. And I also wanted to mention, you said something about um, the the map. I uh, just wanted to say that on our home page, uh, you can click on uh, an area. Uh, it's about in the middle of the screen on the home page, and you can click there, and you can actually pull up that map that Brother Bert was just talking about, uh, where you can see where the need is in different states. Yeah. Um, I can just say, <clears throat> right in the middle of the United States, there's a lot of no, no, no places. Mm-hmm. Now you got several on the east coast and some on the west coast and some, you know, in, Gulf Coast. There's a few, mm-hmm. but in the middle, there's, and I know it's going on. And yeah. uh, so that that was an interesting map. Mm-hmm. You get on that, click, and it you can spread it out and see exactly where they are. And that's what we're wanting you to do. Who are listening today? We want you to go to transformationgarden.net, read all about it. You may want to support this one here in Tupelo, Mississippi, and say, man, I I need to get involved. But while you're doing that, look and see in your own area. And the two, Nathan, you and I have talked about this, two of the, and this is another one of those mission needs that we have, is those crisis pregnancy centers that win people to the Lord all the time. And now this, Man, local churches really have the opportunity to make a difference in, in what's going on, don't they? Yeah, and it's, I guess you would say it's in uh, in areas that would not be what you would think of when you think of missions, you know, traditionally. Um, but the need is just as great. And uh, the interesting part about it is um, maybe people or types of people who would not... Um, see themselves as, as qualified to, you know, move overseas, learn a new language, um, raise funds for, for living costs and, and, you know, the traditional missionary. And we need more people to do that. At the same time, though, these are, these are things, these are ministries and missions that can be done by uh, other people who, you know, don't see themselves as qualified for, for like a Paul. They can they can kind of be the unsung hero. They can be behind the scenes and and be involved in um, in an amazing work of rescuing women and children uh, from this uh, from this captivity. You know, God using people to bring about healing, bring about bring hope into their life and, and help. One thing we're getting close to the end. There's a on the website you'll find a place volunteer and it has a list of all the things you can volunteer to do. One of them is mm-hmm. transportation. Some of it is just doing things that would help them learn an activity, uh, mm-hmm. whatever it is. So it's wide open. What mm-hmm. Nathan has just said, and it is wide open for a local church to say, you know, this is where I can get. They can't teach a Sunday school class. They feel like they can't. They feel like they have nothing to offer. They got something to offer here. They, they'll have to have a background check right. to work with these uh, right. Ladies, and we do, and we'll be doing extensive training as well. 
So you're not just thrown in there like they did when you learned to swim, swim, or sink. (laughs) No, the training comes in. That is so helpful. Yeah. Well, one of the things that we have learned since we've, um, you know, we started this and and with with no clue, just just a desire. Um, But one of the things that that we've learned as we've been researching is that 90% of the the, the waking hours of these ladies needs to be spent on moving forward. So Mm -hmm. we kind of think, well, we have to spend, you know, 90% of our time working through their past, but it's the other way around. And so that does present a whole gamut of opportunities. Yeah. That's goals. Yeah. G said, said, looking forward, yes. looking back, you're not fit. Hey, right. Nathan, it's been awesome to have Ann on again, hasn't it? It sure has. Thank you, Nathan. Sure <laughs> and we appreciate you, Ann, and keep up the good work. And we're probably going to come back and talk about this at a later date when that building is completed. Amen. You've Thank been you. listening to Exploring Missions here on American Family Radio. Thank you for listening and get involved in missions. It may be across the street. Just look for it. The opportunity will come to you.